Hi, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. How's it going? How's your Feb? Yeah, how's your Feb? Brewery. Stupidest. Can you get that R in there? Month. (laughs) February. It's so short this year. I know. What gives? Am I going to have rent in time? (laughs) (laughs) Guess we'll see. Man, uh, February might be my least favorite month. Yeah. I don't know why. I have nothing to back that up. I think it's because this month has felt especially short Mm -hmm. and there are so many things that have to get done and it's like... It's going to be March, and then, and then the year's over. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the year ends in yeah, March. Yeah, in March, the really, year's over. It's a weird leap year where there's only just three months at the end, and uh-huh. we all just fall off a cliff yeah. into an ocean. We are in the Cloverfield paradox mm-hmm. right now. We are. No, you're riding high in January, and you're like, new year. New uh, me. Uh, and spin then class. February. Exactly. <laughs> one spin class. Yes. Just one. Just one. Maybe a half. I had to pee, and I didn't want to go back in. Listen, <laughs> there's always a point in a spin class where it's like, do I leave? Should yeah. I leave? I should leave. Yeah. I could make up a great excuse to leave right now. For sure. My ankles. My back. Ooh. Sweaty? Too sweaty? Not sweaty enough. A little too loud. Mm-hmm. Not good. Guy next to me. What's your deal? Hey, you <laughs> smell like cigarettes. Yeah, what's going on here? I lost my water. Oh, no. <laughs> it rolled under. Was that an earthquake? <laughs> ah, a bat. <laughs> you guys can use these. You can use these. You can use these. <laughs> your next spin class experience. You are going to want to leave after like the third song. You are so welcome. Yes. You don't have to think of them yourself because you're already exhausted. Mm -hmm. And we understand. You done. Yeah. Yeah. But fucking February. We're going to make the most of it here at Boss Bitch. We are. We're going to talk about some real boss bitches. Because I don't know if y'all have heard, but it is Black History Month. It is. Um, Shortest month in the year. Congratulations. Yeah. I mean, that's such a surprise, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Shafted as usual. Yeah. Great. Um, Cool. Um, but we're going to do our best, we're gonna do our best to, mm-hmm. you know, about, talk about some ladies. Yes. That really, I mean, the two that or the one that I'm talking about today, <laughs> sausage is uh, being uh, made, guys. Guys, we do two at a time. <laughs> the man behind the curtain. <laughs> um, I know you're going, there's going to be a barrage of tweets. To so us. many tweets. Um, angry ass tweets. I know. Don't start a hashtag. Hashtag <laughs> boss bitch is fake. <laughs> Boss bitch failure. <laughs> Boss bitch betrayal? How about oh. that? Use it. The triple B's, bitches. <laughs> Boss bitch retra- betrayal. I just said retrayal. Retrail? I, I just, that should I be know. a word. They get a stroke. Yeah. Anyway. February. Um, we do. We have some wonderful African-American, possibly African, I don't know, um, Black History Month ladies. Yes. And they're fucking amazing they are mm-hmm. and i'm excited to talk about them mm-hmm. um you want to get into it let's get into it do you want to start or do you want me to um i'll start do it i'll start so my lady what if we have the same mm, there's so many there are so if, many if we did i'm gonna feel really bad every time <laughs> we do a show i'm like we're gonna have the same woman i know it's i don't like the, my favorite murder paradox yeah where it's like something happens when they do the same i don't know yeah. they make their producer do something that open up the second realm and yeah yeah, yeah and they get sucked in <laughs> um okay i have marie maynard daily my lady does have three names as well but it's <gasps> not the same shit. well it's that turn of the century yeah like you got a bunch of names yeah um yeah she was she got a ph she was the first woman to get a phd in chemistry or physics nice um and we'll, we're gonna talk about all the shit that she did for modern science okay so Marie Maynard Daly, Daly's father, Ivan C. Daly, was an immigrant from the British West Indies who worked as a postal clerk, and her mom was Helen Page, not Ellen Page, 
Helen um, Page. Helen Page of Washington, D.C. They lived in New York. She never really left New York for an extended period of time. She was born in Queens. Uh, she got interested in science really early, and she's one of those people, like, who had, like, she's like my brother, like, razor-sharp focus, oh, like, very specific, nice. right? I was like, whoa, I'm going to be a ballerina. <laughs> I'm still thinking I'm going to be a backup dancer one day. <laughs> I think you will be. <laughs> I like that. I need to try it. Yeah. Anyways, she always wanted to, it was very interested in science. So she'd go to her uh, grandparents' house in Washington, D.C., where she would read about science and scientific achievements in there in her grandfather's extensive library, which is very cool. Um, she read uh, a book by Paul de Kroof called The Microbe Hunters. Again, she was just like a Coming this fall to Netflix, The Microbe Hunters. <laughs> the Microbe Hunters. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, I'm going to be a scientist. Oh. I know. And her, her, her interest in science was also influenced by her father, who went to Cornell for a little while uh, with, intentions of, with intentions of becoming a chemist, but he was not able to compete complete his degree because he ran out of money oh bummer mm-hmm, mm-hmm, which is gonna be very this is gonna be a very cute payoff stick with can't me wait can't wait um many years okay yeah so years later she graduated from hunter college high school just it's a <laughs> you know like they have arts high schools but there's just like a science high school right <laughs> like, it was a fucking we barely had a high school it was Same. like a prison <laughs> it was like a prison with a giant football stadium exactly so this is like in the 40s <laughs> okay uh cool specialty high school that a uh, woman can attend that's Good. amazing that's what are we in fantasy world <laughs> I exactly i want to go there um so it was a lab high school for girls run by the hunter college faculty Sounds fucking amazing. Yeah. So she was super encouraged, really fostered, had all women around her. She enrolled in Queens College, um, which was a new school at that point in Flushing, New York. Um, she lived at home to save money and graduated uh, top of her class with a bachelor's, bachelor's degree in chemistry in 1942. Wow. Mm-hmm. Upon graduation, she was named a Queens College Scholar, an honor that's given to the top 2.5% of the graduating class. And... Uh, labor shortages and the need for scientists to support the war effort at the time. I was going to say, because this is in World War II. Exactly. So she she got right in there, you know? Yeah. So she got a grant to study at NYU and then Columbia for her master's and PhD. So it's like, wow, uh, you can go off to war. I'm going to make history, gentlemen. Not to say uh, war veterans, you're the (laughs) listeners. We love you. We appreciate your work. You made history too. Yeah, you made history too. But she did too. She just made a different history. history that we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Like, we'll, we'll get to you if we, you're a woman. And listen, we know about World War II. Yeah, we just, know it. <laughs> I mean, kind of okay. Right. Um, but this is, yeah, how much do you know? Anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> Point well made. Exactly. <laughs> so, really finished that thought. I love it. Love it. So she worked as a lab assistant at Queens College while studying at NYU for her master's degree in chemistry. She completed that in 1943, then was a chemistry tutor at Queens College, then went to Columbia, um, where she was supervised by Dr. Mary L. Caldwell, another woman who had a doctorate um, in n- nutrition, and she helped daily discover um, how chemicals produced in the body contribute to food digestion. So a wow. lot of her stuff is like very enzymatic, very cool. Um, Daly completed a thesis entitled A Study of the Products Formed by the Action of Pancreatic Amylase on Cornstarch to earn her PhD in chemistry in 1947. Wow. Fuck yeah. That's dense. Fuck yeah. I know. I probably mispronounced a couple of words in there too. I thought you sounded perfect. Thank you. 
Daly worked as a physical science instructor at Howard University from 1947 to 1948 and was awarded an American Cancer Society grant to support her postdoctoral research. Uh, then she joined Dr. A.E. Mursky at the Rockefeller Institute. It's just like, she's just like going, going. Yeah, seriously. PhD, like, again, first, it's like she gets her PhD in chemistry, making history. She goes on to work at all these universities and then American Cancer Society. Um, anyway, at the Rockefeller Institute, she studied the cell nucleus. There, she studied uh, tissues and how they determine the base compositions of deoxypentose nucleic acids present. Party. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, Fifty years later, I was just getting high in a car. Seriously, you know, (laughs) she's women. Women in a rich history. Yes. (laughs) Um. So she basically measured how protein uh, metabolism changed under feeding and fasting conditions. Um. So she was learning how the body works and how the body digested and processed food. It's something that we did not know very much about at that point. Yeah. Mm Hmm. Isn't it wild that there was a time when mm-hmm. we were like, well, we put food into it. Yeah. And then we poop it out. Right. But we don't that know wh- why. We hungry. We eat. We eat. We shit. We got to. We hungry again. <laughs> <laughs> it works. Science. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, in 1953, after Watson and Crick and... Um, Rosalind Franklin, which we talked about on the podcast, described the structure of DNA. Daly's world changed significantly. Suddenly, the cell nucleus research field was just flooded with funding. So she got a ton of money to work nice. on her shit. Yeah, get it. Get so it, girl. So she flourished. Uh, she started working at the College of Physicians and Surgeons at Columbia University in 1955. Um, she studied the effects of aging, hypertension, and anthelosclerosis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and how that... Uh, Fucked with metabolism. That's the name of her next thesis. Yes. <laughs> How and what mm-hmm. fucks with metabolism. That's right. Uh, she worked as, then she became a professor of biochemistry at Albert Einstein College of Medicine at Yeshiva University. Um, she loved teaching medical students. She loved like just describing nutrition and she was a really big influencer in getting medical curriculums to include nutrition on a scientific uh, nutritional level. So like a lot of different new courses because Very of her. Nice. Um, she was an investigator for the American Heart Association, uh, specifically with hypertension, which we talked about a little bit. Um, she was a member of the prestigious board of governors of the New York Academy of Scientists, Scientists, Sciences <laughs> for two years. I feel like this always happens to me on Lost Boss Bitch where I slowly slur. It's like, I'm so sober right now, like painfully sober, and maybe that's the problem. Probably. Mm-hmm. We're not used to speaking this much while sober. I know. It's jarring. Yes. <laughs> it's too Your much. mouth is like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. Um, so she just kept on getting grant after grant, American Cancer Society, NYU, American Association for the, of the Advancement of Science. Um, she retired in 1986 from the Albert Einstein College of Medicine. In 1986? Yeah. She fucking worked. Holy okay? shit. Like all that research, all that history, like just never stopped working. Um, and in 1988, she established a scholarship for African-American chemistry and physics majors at Queens College in memory of her father. Oh, <laughs> oh, you were right. It does pay off. I know. It's like back to fucking basics. Yeah. Back to her roots. Back in Flushing, New York. Oh, I love that. No. In 1999, she was recognized by the National Technical Association as one of the top 50 women in science, engineering, and technology. Um, and she died in New York City on October 28th, 
Wow. Right? How old was she? 2003, and she was born she- in 19... Oh, wait. Don't make me do math. Um, I know. Let me get that right. Why do I not even have her? I'm going to guess she was 97. Based oh, on see. nothing. She was 82. Oh, shit. She had a very sweet young face, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little added <laughs> info. You'll see, guys. Mm-hmm. You probably already have if you're listening to this. Yeah. Probably because you... You check her Instagram a ton. Ton. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's a founding. She was, again, first woman to get her PhD um, in chemistry. It's amazing. Columbia. She reformed uh, how people go to med school and how we know about the digestive system. Super cool lady. Yeah. And she worked yeah. her buns off. That's fucking right. Yeah. And like, you know what? People are going off to war. She's fucking in the lab. Yeah. Off to her own war. She doesn't have... With enzymes. <laughs> ribonucleic acid. <laughs> My you war. know, the war of enzymes. <laughs> That's right. Stomach lining wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like I experience that every day. Right? You are brave. Thank you. Don't let anyone <laughs> ever you. tell you otherwise. I've been waiting my whole life you, for somebody to say that. You are brave. <sighs> Thank you so much. Well, she's amazing, and mm-hmm. I have never—I had never heard of her accomplishments no. until today. I kind of dig the one. I like the science and med ones. Maybe if well, you've the, heard, <laughs> you've been all—you've been all these. I've been to all of them. <laughs> but the thing that's fo- so fascinating is women, as a general rule, aside from like Mar- Mary Curie, mm-hmm. they don't get any love in the science world. But there are so many, so many women who have done groundbreaking work in mm-hmm. the field, and they just. They don't get that much love. So yeah. we're trying to change that. I love it. I love it. Lindsay, Me? how about you? What so you have to tell? today I'm serving you a dish of Mary McLeod Bethune. Ooh. Um, oh, no. Mine's Marie. Yours Mary. Mary. Yes. Got it. Um, she was an educator and a member of um, the, uh, I'm sorry, Black Cabinet in the Roosevelt White, the FDR yeah. White House. So um, I'm going to tell you about her. Yes, please. She was born the 15th of 17 children. <laughs> yeah. To former slaves Sam and Patsy McLeod. Um, most of her siblings were born into slavery. Uh, she was not, but after they were Isn't freed. That crazy? Yeah. From slavery to a fucking cabinet member. Yeah. Right? God. A family of slaves to being, like, being one of the most prominent, especially black women in the White House yeah. at that time. I mean, we think that history moves slowly, but holy shit, in a lifetime. Yes. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of shit can change. Mm-hmm. Um, so after her family had been freed, her mother still worked for th- her former master and her father farmed cotton. Um, so as a child, Mary worked with her, uh, mother to deliver quote, white people's wash. Mm. So in doing so, she was allowed to go into white children's nurseries and she became fascinated with their toys. Mm. Um, one day she noticed one of the white children's books and she started opening it and flipping through it. And that little bitch of a white child Mm -hmm. said she didn't know how to read, so she wasn't allowed to play with it and yanked it away from her. Hope that kid's fucking dead. I think she probably (laughs) is. (laughs) Um, But 
that child then inspired Mary um, to learn. It showed her the the value of education in like a real time situation. Mm-hmm. So uh, she's essentially being shamed for exactly that. Yeah. for being ignorant. So mm-hmm. she was like, you know what? Hey, fuck you. Yeah. I'm gonna go get myself an education. Exactly. And Goodbye, she did. Yeah. Bye bye. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Like go have a cotillion? Yeah, probably. Exactly. So she attended Maysville's one-room black schoolhouse, the Trinity Mission School. Um, It was run by the Presbyterian Board of Missions of Freedmen. So she was the only child in her family. This is adorable. Mm -hmm. I mean, sad and adorable. But she was the only child in her family to attend school. So she would come home every day and teach her whole family what she had learned. Oh, my God. So it's like, I'm going to learn this. I get home. I'm going to teach everybody exactly what I learned. Exactly. Whoa. Um, so to, and also to get to school, she walked five miles each day. Oh my God. That's not just a fucking something no. old dudes say no. to young people. Yeah. It's like, it's I, when I was your age. No, it happened. Um, it really happened. To Mary. <laughs> to Mary. And after she completed her education, she began teaching at that same school and she adopted many of her former teacher and mentor, Lucy Craft Laney's education philosophies, which were, um, an emphasis on educating girls and women to improve the conditions of black people. Mm-hmm. She said, quote, I believe that the greatest hope for the development of my race lies in training our women thoroughly and practically. Ooh. So Mary eventually moved to Florida where she was determined to start her own school for girls. And she moved to Daytona because it had become more economic. Indeed. And <laughs> she loved being able to drive her car on the beach. <laughs> yeah, baby. Daytona is by far, and no hate to anybody that lives in Daytona. Uh-oh, but it is the trashiest. People drive their like Ford F 150s onto that's their thing. That's they amazing. drive their cars. It's uh, so ridiculous. America. America. That's the most American thing you could do. It like is. American flag, driving mm. onto the beach, busting open some Bud Light, and, and just like refills, like yes. soda refills. Yeah. <laughs> Giant. God bless Refills on big gulps. Oh, fuck yeah. Most, what's more American than that? There's nothing. Nothing. Literally nothing. No. Mm-hmm. So in October 1904, she rented a small house for $11 a month. Must be nice, Mary. <laughs> she made benches and desks from discarded crates and acquired other items through charity. Aww. With $1.50, she started the Literary and Industrial Training School for Negro Girls. Whoa. Yes. She initially had six students. Five of the girls were aged 6 to 12, and also her son, Albert, was one of her students. So he got to be the oh, lone boy. The one dude. The one All dude. Right, dude. Yeah. I guess you can be here. Just because you you came out of the woman's (laughs) vagina yeah um so in the early days the students made ink for pens from elderberry juice and pencils from burned wood Mm. they also asked local businesses for furniture and bethune wrote later i consider cash money as the smallest part of my resources i had faith in loving god faith in myself and desire to serve oh man right and i'm like i don't have any money i can't do anything i know it's like <laughs> i can get a coffee i can make coffee at home oh man why, why can't i spend press? five dollars on coffee. coffee i want a blue bottle <laughs> oh blue bottle is so good <laughs> um so within a year bethune was teaching more than 30 girls at the school wow this is what the curriculum was like at this school they rose at 5.30 a.m. for Bible study. Mm-hmm. Um, their classes emphasized economics and industrial skills such as dressmaking, millinery, cooking, and other crafts emphasized in self-suffic- self-sufficiency for them as women. Mm-hmm. She later expanded to math and sciences as well. Mm-hmm. And um, they went until 9.30 at night. Damn. 
they didn't play. That's like production hours. Right? <laughs> My God. Jeez, I hope they got OT. service like? <laughs> Holy shit. <sighs> I hope they at least had trailers. Yeah, right. So she relied on donors as well once the school became bigger um, and spent a good amount of time traveling and networking to secure funding. And that's how she eventually met Franklin and Eleanor Roosevelt. So she was the president of the school on and off as she kind of um, began her public service career. Um, She became a public leader. She started with the National Association for Colored Women, who worked to promote the needs of black women, then the Southeastern Federation of Colored Colored Women's Clubs, Mm -hmm. eventually renamed Southeastern Association of Women's Clubs. Um, So she was the president of that in 1920, um, and that was intended to reach the Southern women, specifically white women, to support in unity and gaining rights for black women. Yes. Um, Still working on that. Right. White women are... Shitty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry. 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 We're doing, we're trying. We are really trying. We like, are. Holy shit. A lot of us are real, real shitty. shitty. Um, in 1935, she founded the National Council of Negro Women in New York City. She's bringing together representatives of 28 different organizations to work to improve the lives of black women and their communities. Um, so basically, she spent most of her life trying to improve the life lives of black women and to raise up um, the, her communities. Mm. Um, chill. I know. So inspiring. Yeah. I, I also just on my period, so I will. I'm. I could cry. And I'm just about there, so we're probably <laughs> like the Venn diagram. Yeah. Part, like <laughs> tears, like the swath that like we're both just like sobbing, <laughs> just like reading a document and sobbing. Right. <laughs> um. So this was a quote of hers. Um speaking about the National Council of Negro Women in New York City. It is our pledge to make a lasting contribution to all of that is the finest and best in America, to cherish and enrich her heritage of freedom and progress by working for the integration of all her people, regardless of race, creed, or national origin, into her spiritual, social, cultural, civic, and economic life, and thus aid her to achieve the glorious destiny of a true and unfettered democracy. God damn. She's so nice. I know. She's a nice woman. She's just a great woman. Um, So she also uh, soon became a close friend of Eleanor and Franklin Roosevelt, which I said. Uh, She was at the Southern Conference of Human Welfare in 1938, held in Birmingham, Alabama. Super racist part Mm -hmm. of the country at that time. Yeah. Birmingham was not like cool. No. (laughs) No. Um, but Eleanor Roosevelt, who is one of our OG boss bitches. That's right. Our first, our first, first one, yeah. first lost boss bitch. Yeah. Fuck yeah. We're it's coming full circle. Yeah. We're just weaving in history. Yeah. Pay attention. Guys, <laughs> are you listening? So during this conference, she requested a seat next to Bethune, Bethune despite the state segregation law. She was like, mm-hmm. fuck your segregation. Mm-hmm. And Roosevelt frequently referred to her as her closest friend in her age group, which is so <laughs> such a weird... It's very odd. It's qualification. Like, yeah, it's like, I got other closest friends. But she's like closest she's in age, like four, too. Oh, okay, I thought she meant like brackets of age groups. Like, it could be, too. Like, yeah, 20 to 34, she's got a best friend. 40 to... <laughs> exactly. like, everybody gets... And Good old Mary just fell right. She was <laughs> the closest of that age Nailed group. It. <laughs> um, so as I mentioned earlier, she later became a member of the Black Cabinet in the Roosevelt White House um, and gained unprecedented a- access to the White House. 
Um, so uh, although the members of the black cabinet, um, they did not directly create public policy, they were respected leadership among black voters mm-hmm. and they influenced political appointments in, uh, dis- disbursement of funds to organizations that would benefit black people. Yeah. So, I mean, the fact that the black cabinet existed in yeah. that time period at all was pretty amazing. God. Um, if you hadn't guessed already, she definitely had a big part in civil rights and uh she worked to educate both whites and blacks about the accomplishments and needs of black people writing in 1938 if our people are to fight their way up out of bondage we must arm them with a sword and shield and buckler of pride Mm -hmm. belief in themselves and their possibilities based upon a sure knowledge of the achievements of the past yeah um and uh, blah, blah 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 blah. Sorry, I think I just sighed and my stomach grumbled the same time as you. <laughs> You're really feeling it in the body. <laughs> um, not only the black child, but the children of all races should read and know the achievements, accomplishments, and deeds mm-hmm. of the black people. World peace and brotherhood are based on a common understanding of the contributions and cultures of all races and creeds. I mean, she's really just the best. Just keep going, but it gets better. <laughs> Because she carried a cane, not for need, but for effect. Whoa. She said it gave her, quote unquote, swank. What? Yeah. They that use that just, word? They use that word back then? Mary used that word. Swank. Swank. Um, that might be my favorite bit. Yeah. Um, in 1955. Oh, I guess 55. I was like, swank feels more 20s. And I was like, oh, no, we're, we're tens of years up. Yeah. Yeah. That. yeah. Okay. But she's just like, you know what? This is mine. I've got some swagger. I've got some swank. I've got swank. I just want to know what that cane looked like. I'm sure it was amazing. Mary Bethune. Bethune. (laughs) Um, So in 1955, sadly, she passed away of a heart attack. Um, Mm. But in 1973, she was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame, as she should be. Mm -hmm. And on July 10th, 1974, the anniversary of her 99th birthday, the Mary McLeod Bethune Memorial by artist Robert Burks was erected in her honor in Lincoln Park, Washington, D.C. Did it have a cane? I, I sure what? hope so. If it doesn't, we're oh going to go put a cane on that monument. Go fucking pry that iron hand open. Yes. We're putting a swanky-ass cane in there. Swanky-ass cane. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was the first monument honoring an African-American or a woman wow. to be installed in a public park in the District of Columbia. Wow. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, so... Uh, who cares about how the funds were raised? The inscription on the pedestal reads, let her works praise her while the site is engraved with the passage from her last will and testament. And it reads, I leave you love. I leave you hope. I leave you the challenge of developing confidence in one another. I leave you a thirst for education. I leave you a respect for the use of power. I leave you faith. I leave you racial dignity. I leave you a desire to live harmoniously with your fellow man. I leave you a responsibility to our young people. Mm. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Mary McLeod Bethune. You fucking killed it. Yeah, girl. Jeez. Thank you for all your work. I'm sorry that I did not know about you until today. I know. Me neither. I... Listen, many things have failed us as women. (laughs) But public education is like a... you know, yeah. pretty pretty big, uh, big one. I don't. I mean, yeah. I feel like it was a weird, imbalanced. Well, education. I mean, the history that I feel like we learn mm-hmm. most of the time is definitely white history, definitely. And then 
maybe in Black History Month, which again is the shortest month of the year. Exactly. It's like Martin Luther King. Yep. How about that? Yeah. You guys and heard of him? Yeah. He, I like, mean, yeah, we did. We did. But mm-hmm. there are so many other black leaders that deserve to be acknowledged. Um, I agree. So I agree. We'll, we'll put uh, a picture of her and her statue in for sure. The Instagram. I want a necklace too with like what her statue looks like. Yeah, like a, a little iron. necklace of that. I was thinking big. You did this. She did like a little inch, you know, <laughs> and, I, and I did this. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> she wants a chess piece. Yes, please. Of her statue. We're going to make it happen. And I support that. Thanks. Um, so there you have it, guys. There you guys go. It's going to be super fun learning a lot about these amazing black women. Yes. And we're um, going to keep the fucking train rolling. We are. Um, thanks for tuning in. I know. Next week we have um, not a black woman, but she is a wonderful uh, artist and photographer. Yes. We have Elena mm-hmm. Dorfman uh, next week as uh, our interview. And she, her career is very fascinating. She's had a lot of subjects that are endlessly intriguing. So yeah, we're not, let's just leave it at that. Leave it at that. Leave it at that. And then we're back to black women in history. Yeah. So buckle up. Buckle up, bitches. Mm, went for a wild Daytona ride. <laughs> Lost Boss Bitch is hosted by me, Lindsay Harbert Silverman. And me, Rebecca Lead. We're produced by Sammy Hunia, and our music is by Chiffon Mist featuring Cassandra Violet. You can find the podcast at bossbitchpodcast.com. That's where you're listening on iTunes. Instagram is Boss Bitch Podcast. Twitter is Boss B Podcast. Facebook is Boss B Podcast as well. Thanks for listening. <laughs>